1: Welcome, listeners, to the Witcher Lorecast. I'm Geralt of Rivia, Witcher of the Wolf School, here to share my knowledge of the continent and how my journey began with two other Witchers, Ben of Temeria and Toasty of Tredegore. This might become an even greater tale than one of Dandelion's ballads. <laughs> so grab your swords... Toss a coin to your witchers, prepare your oils, and listen to the lore of the witcher.
0: Welcome back, witchers, to another episode of the Witcher Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Temeria, and always with me is Toasty of Tredagor for this episode. Yep,
2: that's me. (laughs) And uh,
0: this is a very special episode, as we have, and if you heard the special intro... We have none other than the legendary Doug Cockle, the voice of Geralt, with us hey <laughs>
2: how
3: you doing Doug? I'm okay I'm all right I'm um I live over here in England, and it's cold and wet at the moment
2: yeah yeah i I can get that. Luckily, it's yep. warming back up here in Texas. So. <laughs> I'm
0: sadly in the Midwest, in near the uh, Lake of Eries, so it's 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 cold. It's it's just like how England is. <laughs>
3: hey, have you got snow yet?
0: Not yet, but we are slowly getting there. We'll we'll get there here in the problem next week.
3: We had some flakes. We had a few flurries recently, which is probably all we'll get. At, you know, I live in Bournemouth in the UK. So, down on, in the south. And uh, it gets cold here, but not quite as cold as it does up north in the UK. So, I, I don't know if I'll actually see any ground snow. We, we haven't had good ground snow in well over 10 years. Mm. But if, if
2: I get snow this year, I'm going to be uh, worried about it. <laughs> Texas <laughs> powder oh, yeah. does not do good with, like, snow and cold weather conditions. No, I know. <laughs> I have family who live in Texas.
3: And, um, uh, yeah, they <laughs> they're always complaining about the humidity As I, you know, in Texas, you don't get snow. You get, you get air, air water.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I used to, I grew up on the coast. It's, it's thick. You just feel it all the time. It's rough, but you know, enough about the weather. <laughs> uh, again, pleasure to have you on Doug. Um, this, this is awesome. This is just a awesome. oh, pleasure to be on. I'm digging the
3: flag and the swords behind you, man.
2: Thank you. I honestly, funnily enough, this flag, I just found it searching on Amazon. I was like, this is cool. Like, this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> so thank <I keep> you, that. <laughs> I bought those swords at my local Ren Fair. so. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I've i got mine here as
3: well. You can see them there. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I acquired these at a convention and um and they're pretty good they're sharp they're Damascus steel like, man they're, they're, ooh. They got, yeah they got the I don't know if I if I show it to you I don't know if you'll be able to see it on here I don't know if the that's good the yeah they look like able to see. real legit too like yeah they're nice I don't know if you can see the um ooh. the folds in the steel it's there. I I can see it, but I think it's really hard to see on Zoom and stuff. But yeah, you can it's kind proper of see it in the center part a little bit. Yeah, it's sharp as could be as well. I mean, you could shave with that sucker. Dang,
2: that's nice. Definitely,
3: that's nice. definitely not legal to carry on your person in the
2: UK. Have you told them that you're Geralt Rivia, though? That's the thing. Like, I don't think they'd
3: care. <laughs> oh, okay. Dang, <laughs> it'd be like tasers out, pepper spray out. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond the floor
2: eating dirt. <laughs> uh, ben, you want to take us away with the. Well, actually, wait, that's me. I'm the yeah. one asking the first question. Oh, man. <laughs> I've already lost my brain. Um, so, for some of our listeners who may not know, because, you know, we're the Witcher Lore cast, so it's all Witcher here. Um, But could you actually tell us about like your origins in voice acting in general, like where you all, where you started everything? Uh, Where I started in voice acting, I I mean,
3: really properly, I should probably take it back to deciding to be an actor because um, nowadays it's, it's uh, because the, the technology is so cheap, really. I don't mean cheap as in bad, poor quality. I mean, cheap as in, you can get good quality stuff, you know, microphones and software, and the things you need to do some of the work that you might do as a voice actor. You can get it for relatively, you know, it's it's relatively inexpensive compared to what it was when I first started out. So I, I, and I never even thought about it. Being a voice actor was not something I ever, it never crossed my mind. Um, I, I went to college and then grad school and trained to be an actor. For stage primarily, and then and and for television and film as well, hopefully, and um, and I did some of that, and and I still do. And I fell into voice acting. It wasn't like I said; it wasn't something that I like. Uh, woke up one morning and went, "I'm going to be a voice actor." I literally i i finished graduate school, and my wife is English, and we decided to move to the UK. Which was a really silly thing to do in many ways at the time, because all of my contacts were in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody except my wife's family and some of her friends over here in the U.K. But I've never been one to live by, you know, the expectations. I hate it when people expect things from me. I think you know the expectation was I would go to L.A. or New York or Chicago, and um, at that time, this is 1999 uh because that's where you went to become an actor you know that's where you went that's where the jobs were that's where you go but no we we my wife and i picked up and moved to england and uh i was living in york i was i I managed to talk my way into a play at york theater royal and i invited all these agents to come and see the show um, and this one agent came and saw the show and she really liked my work and she liked me She didn't know what to do with me because I was American in England mm. And she said well, let's stay in touch and a couple of weeks later She called me up and said hey Doug. I've got this audition for uh, To 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 voice a character in a video game, and it's not far from you. It's in Harrogate And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, I could I you know The show was up we were it was only doing evenings and one or two matinees a week and so I could easily drive over to Harrogate and audition, and I did. And um I met Mark S. Dale of Outsource Media UK. And he cast me in as in as the lead in this game that they were recording. And it was a game called Independence War two, Edge of Chaos, and I played Cal. And I think it came out in two thousand or two thousand one, around that time. I don't think I'm familiar with that one, but yeah, it's a good one. I haven't I haven't played much of it myself because, famously, I've never had a computer that could play the games I've I've acted in. Um, I still don't because you know I, I I'm not really a PC gamer. I'm a console gamer, but that was the first game. That's how I got into it, and yeah, and then I you know they just kept inviting me back for more and more and more, and eventually, I went in for an audition for this thing called The Witcher.
2: Yeah, that's that's and awesome. here we are. There you go. Here we are. Yeah. It's, uh, right. Hey, well, we're grateful. We're grateful for that.
3: I'm grateful, man. It's like you know, it's it, it's funny. I and I'll say it now because it's it'll come out of me anyways, but I always say to people who are starting out as actors, um, you know, however old they are, it doesn't matter if they're young or or, you know, my age or whatever, but if you're starting out as an actor go for the things that you think you want to do. You know, if you want to be a film actor, go for it. Take classes that'll train you to be a film actor. Um, but don't close your mind to the possibilities because the idea of um, being a voice actor just wasn't in my head at all. Uh, and it's become my career. Mm-hmm. I still do television, I still do film. Uh, I'd love to do more theater. I don't do much enough of that. Um, but the vast majority of the work that I do is actually doing voices for video games, and I love it. I absolutely love it, but it's not at all what I thought I would be doing. Um, and technology is, you know, changing so fast. You know, the the opportunities out there for young younger people getting into acting, they're just immense mm. now in ways that they weren't when I was getting started. But don't close your mind off, you know, if you if you decide you're gonna be a film actor go for it But if an opportunity arises in something that maybe doesn't seem as cool as that don't necessarily turn it down because when I first started doing voice acting in games A lot of people in the professional acting industry They kind of looked down on it. They thought it was you know games they're for geeks and dorks and and You know, people who sit in dark rooms and don't wash enough or something. You know, that's that was the stereotype that they all put on to gamers and gaming and everything else. And over the years, it's become so much more respected and uh, everything else. But, you know, back then, I was getting paid to do something I really enjoyed. I loved games. And I was just like, hell yeah, I'm doing this. But I'd go in to see casting directors for film and television. They'd say, what are you up to? I, I just recorded three lead roles in video games. And they're like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you know, and it wasn't totally dismissive. It was just, well, you know, I you know, because they're looking for film and TV. You know, that's that's what Mm -hmm. they want people who are working in that in that world, or at least that's the way it was. Now you got, you know, big film and TV actors who are working in games and they want to work in games because
1: games are cool. (laughs) Yeah,
2: no i mean games definitely like have just gotten like bigger and bigger i mean you know Mm. we're seeing a lot like video game adaptation like tv shows and stuff like that like coming out more and more like it's just you know and we're seeing like some crazy stuff out of it too you know like yeah so i am so looking forward to seeing the um is it prime who's
3: doing it i think the Fallout. fallout
2: Fallout, absolutely! Oh, yes. oh man, so I'm excited so excited about that, forward one. To that. I I hope they do it. I hope they do it proud. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> think everyone needs them to, or else it's going to be <laughs> some like riots on <laughs> your It's going to be crazy. Yeah,
3: oh, yeah, it is fascinating how people, you know, how people are adapting games now, and now, you know, and films are becoming games, and it's, uh, you know, it's all it's all becoming very kind of homogenized. Is that the right word? I'm not sure. I think it's the right word. No, the one that works. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Sure. Homogenized.
0: <laughs> so I mean that really leads into our next question is um how you how'd you heard about The Witcher and did you know anything about the about the series before your audition?
3: No, nothing. I knew nothing about The Witcher. The, when I auditioned for Witcher One, um, the books were only out in Polish and a couple other Eastern European languages, I think. Yeah. Um, there was a TV show that I had heard nothing about and didn't even think to go and look for. Uh, I knew nothing about The Witcher. Um, so I, I learned on the on the job from the developers, from CD Projekt Red. They were the ones who taught me about The Witcher. Uh, and and the, the world of The Witcher and Geralt and everything else. It wasn't until we were about... Uh, i don't know 2 or 3 months into maybe maybe a bit more into recording witcher 2 that i became aware of the books in english mm. and then um and then i then i started reading the books and now i've read all the books and i've read them you know several times um watched the tv series obviously the netflix tv series and you know it's um you know, so the, the Witcher now is this huge thing that is known globally.
2: Mm-hmm. But when
3: I went to that audition, nope, never heard yeah. of it.
2: Yeah, like, I mean... Loved the yeah.
3: idea of it. You know, I I love fantasy worlds. So when they were describing the the world of The Witcher to me, I was like, yeah, this sounds familiar. I'm a big Tolkien fan.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: love Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Always have since I was a kid. I had like a Fourth, third or fourth grade teacher who read the hobbit to us at lunchtime in class every day
0: That's and cool that was kind of what
3: that was that my love for the hobbit and the witcher uh, not not the, the witcher the um the lord of the rings and stuff that mm-hmm. started right there mr langen <laughs> del rio school in uh in oceanside california shout out mr langen <laughs> he's either he's retired i'm sure now but he was a young bearded hippie
2: teacher who was so Ooh. cool back then. Those are the fun ones. Those are always the fun ones. Yeah, it <laughs> was the whole vibe. So I'm I'm just curious that like when they were telling you, like, what did they tell you? If in, I know it's a a while ago, so, but like, what did they tell you about Geralt, like the the character you were going to be like embodying in this role, like? Yeah. Well, they it's hard to remember yeah cuz
3: it's so long ago now i mean we're talking my audition was in 2004 i think yeah it was in 2004 um and then we recorded it in the spring of 2005 um and sorry what was the question again
2: it's just what, like it, if you
3: can what remember what did they tell me what did they tell yeah about what did they Carol? tell you about him yeah I the the way I remember it, which may not be absolutely exactly the way it was, but the way I remember it is that I was told that he was he was kind of like a kind of like a mercenary, you know, a, a sword for hire.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He hunts monsters. Um, he's human, but he's a mutated human um, because he went through this thing called the Trial of the Grasses, where you know sorcerers do this thing that changes the the boys or the girls into witchers and it makes them stronger and faster and makes them able to handle the toxins of the various witcher potions that they take and things like that so I was given this kind of information and I was um, I remember when I went to the audition I was uh, they just kept saying lower, lower Get your voice lower. Uh, No emotion. Less emotion. No emotion. He's not emotional. He has no emotions because the trial of the grasses. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm doing my best here, man. And somebody said to me, think Clint Eastwood as Dirty Harry. And if you think about it, I have to get a little closer to the mic, but if you think about it, you can hear it in the voice. You know, it's, go ahead, punk. Make my day. (laughs) So, and that was, I, I think, I didn't say that obviously in the audition, but I, maybe I did, I don't know. Uh, but it was, that was kind of the inspiration, that, that was the vocal print that helped me kind of go, okay, I think I know what you're looking for now. Okay. Um,
2: that's, that's cool. Yeah. That's, oh. And then they cast me, and the rest is history. Oh, that's awesome. Sorry, you did the voice, and I'm just over here, like, giggling now. <laughs> of course, you know, so. But, okay, so Clint Eastwood, but Dirty Harry. All right, that's that's yeah. how we got Geralt of Rivia. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, well, if you think about it, you know, Geralt is kind of a Dirty Harry-type character. You know, he wanders into town, and, you know, all the baddies just want to pick on him. And, uh, you know, he does the jobs that none of the other cops want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's that kind of thing. You know, yeah. I think I think Gerald should have more squinty-eyed time, though. You know, Clint Eastwood does that whole.
0: That's true. That very... I think, oh, I think he
2: stare with the squinty eyes. He kind of does, though. But in in that case, because he's like the mutations, he could just dilate his pupils. So, like that's how he's doing it. You know, that's that's. Yeah, but I
3: I don't <laughs> think Clint Eastwood does it because he's taking off his sunglasses. I think. it's... <laughs> I think Clint Eastwood does it because it makes him look tough, you know. When you got those squinty eyes, you can't see exactly what you what they're looking at. So, mm-hmm. you know, you put a cigar in the mouth, you know. You got an erasure. Oh God! No, I'm trying to
2: imagine Geralt
1: with a cigar. Oh, oh,
3: oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 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 I'm going to kill Toasty. He's going to die. One. One more trophy for my saddlebag.
2: Uh, yeah, I know. I I'm coming off of uh, uh being a little sick, so like whenever I'm laughing real hard, it just start the cough starts coming back. So. I to- uh <laughs>
3: totally commiserate, man. Yeah, no,
2: it. ugh. <laughs> I, well, you answered one of our questions for us right there. Just, so. <laughs> I
0: don't
2: even think I looked at the script. I just asked. <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, it's there.
0: <laughs> That's the next question. That Isn't should it? be how this goes, you know?
2: Yeah. Like, you
3: know, we, we just chat and you slip the questions in there.
2: Oh well, for sure, for <laughs> sure. I mean I'm I'm loving just chatting. So it's just like I just like looked over and I was like, what's my oh I just
3: <laughs> 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 Hey, it looks like we've uh, we've been shopping at the same uh same place.
2: Where where we am chair. I chair? Oh, Uh, Yeah, my, oh gosh, how long ago was this? Two years ago? My wife bought me this. Yeah, two years ago. Um, Whenever I was, I made the decision at at, at one point that like when Cyberpunk 2077 came out, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm going to try streaming. Um, That didn't last very long. And then I became a podcaster very soon after. So, (laughs) you know, it it works out. It's fun yeah i've never done a
3: podcast i've been on podcasts i've never done one myself but i've just started streaming um Mm. and um i'm finding it really interesting i'm enjoying it it's it's such a different world you know it's this whole online community and I you know i knew about it i knew it was there but i'm just starting to get into it and i'm like okay i i think this is pretty cool i like this this is interesting I can't believe I wasn't doing this before but Uh, yeah it's a whole world I'm I'm a little bit of a what's the word for it um not a technophobe I love technology but I think streaming to me in some ways has been like a fad that I keep mm -hmm. just thinking will go away <laughs> like I think those, like those, some those, old dude, it'll hey, go away. The car will, the horse will never die. The car will never live. It'll just, bleh. you know, I'm like that about streaming. And I finally, I've just gone, ah, I guess I better buy me a car. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think we're, so, I kind of feel like we're seeing that, like, especially like very as of late, like with, um, what was it with like Baldur's Gate, we're coming out and like, because mm. we see like all of, all of like the like main companions, like, voice actors and stuff are all streaming the game, you know? So I feel like we're starting to see like a lot of like, you know, video game people like bringing them out and it's starting to like, I guess they've been doing it. I know they've been doing it, but like with some of these like bigger, like things, like people are starting to notice it more. So Mm. I think that's cool.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I, my kids grew up watching people play games on various platforms and i just never got it i still kind of don't get it because i mean for myself i don't know that i personally i i I, you know i've got a touch of adhd or something i don't know but you know i find it hard to sit still for long periods of time unless i'm actually doing something so but i was talking to to somebody on a stream recently um and i was saying this and i was saying i don't you know it's just a world i don't really fully understand and they were saying, I just turn on streams to have in the background. You know, like some people play music. I play streams in the background while I'm doing, you know, my office job or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I was like, oh, oh, that makes sense. I can
2: understand that. That yeah. I get, you know. So, yeah. For me, it's it's podcasting in that sense because I work uh, uh retail and so I can't really, like, be in a situation where i can have like i don't sit at a computer i hardly ever use the computer work so i don't Uh i can't put on like a stream or something like that but like uh and i'm not supposed to and but it's fine they don't listen to this anyways but like i have really long hair so and it's like the way that my hair is most of it hangs on this side so i tuck an earbud into my left ear cover it with my hair and i listen to podcasts all day yeah So
3: get all get all Mission Impossible on it, you know, mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) no one's ever
2: picked like never caught on it. Like like there's a couple like my department manager knows about it. It like but like he doesn't say anything because he doesn't care. But it's like no one ever asked me to move Uh, my hair. And I'm like, cool, (laughs) you know, well, you know, it's
3: like it's like the, you know, the Wiccan um, rule and it harm no one uh do as thou wilt or whatever it's called you know yeah. if, if you can still do the job and it's not hurting anybody then yeah absolutely oh
2: you yeah know. companies never think like that you know <laughs> no some com- companies uh, quite often
3: companies don't think it's the people well p- companies don't think people think but sometimes you know i mean i've been that person on occasion and where i've just gone that's not the way we do it here you know, and you know, stop doing it that way. that's not the way we do it, and' they're like, well, why not?' good oh, because, because.
2: <laughs> know, I said is, so, <laughs> yeah, because I said
3: so, yeah, I mean i I'm a dad, I've said that many times, you know, why can't I do because I said so now, go somewhere else, do play something, don't ask me for money, don't stop sticking that
2: banana up your nose, why because I said so. I think that's a good reason right there, honestly, for that one, you know? Oh, yeah. Sometimes because I said so isn't a good reason, but yeah, it's a banana in the nose. Please <laughs> actually just don't. I, I told you not to. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I, w- I mean, streaming, I would say streaming is the same thing with, for for me with uh, I got in, I got, you know, watching streams mainly because of podcasts and like the network that now that we're a part of is because of that and like i don't know i just also love having the the community aspect on it of like actually being able Mm -hmm. to engage with the streamer themselves and be able to have like conversations while they're just streaming games and stuff like that i think that's kind of cool
2: yeah. Yeah, I, it is cool.
3: It's really cool. And I, you know, th- there are a few streams that I've, you know, I've gotten on and watched before in the past and um, you know, some of those people have become friends as well. Um the Opera Geek is uh she's a fantastic streamer. She streams all kinds of games and stuff. But I met her through The Witcher because she she was streaming Witcher 3, first or second playthrough or something like that and she got on Twitter and tagged me in a post that she wrote uh about something and and so i got the notification obviously you know you've been tagged in a post and i went and had a look and i was like oh okay cool that's that's cool that's funny post Ha <laughs> i responded replied oh <laughs> funny blah, blah, blah. said something witty back and then uh and then you know we just we just started having a bit of online banter on twitter and then gradually that led to a dm and then she was like hey would you be at all interested in coming on my stream with me at some point point?" and i was like Sure, why not? I've never done it before. Let's try it. Um, cool. You know, but, you know, things start that way. And then, you know, and then next thing you know, you're wandering around a convention
2: together and,
3: you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I'm sure you go to a few of those.
3: <laughs> I try to. Yeah, I love it. I love conventions. They're, they're, it's, they're full of really... Interesting, fun, cool people who are there to celebrate the stuff they love. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
2: That's an awesome way to think
3: about it. Uh, I was scared of conventions at first. I didn't know what to, I'd never been to one. I was invited to my first one and I was just like, ah, what do I do? How much do I charge? What do I charge? What, what do I do? What do I bring? What do, what do I need? I showed up with like nothing, a couple Sharpie pens. And they printed out some stuff for me to sign. And I was I, I was just like, oh, this is a whole world I don't get. And now I've got merch I sell. And, you know, it's like crazy, the evolution of understanding, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Funny enough, I actually have one of your Geralt signed, uh, Streamly. Uh, oh, do you? Yeah, I do. Uh,
3: <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for going on streamly and ordering it. Did you order it or did you buy one of the pre pre-signed ones?
0: Uh I ordered it. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I must need to do that. <laughs> I
3: I haven't done a streamly signing since last January or February, I think. So mm-hmm. I'm probably overdue to do one, but
2: I, I don't I don't have I don't really go very often just cuz like like it's it's a lot of like planning. I'm you know expenses and stuff like that, and then like yeah, you get into it, and it's like you know like who's gonna be at this thing, and it's like oh man, I would love to, and then you like start tallying up, and you're like, okay, I can't afford that, anyways. I I, I don't want to go. Into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's I haven't ever I've gone to like some smaller ones, some like Texas like conventions because I was invited to do them back whenever I was playing uh Quidditch back in Victoria. Um and we had like some smaller like like Go games or something like that wanted us to go and do like a little Quidditch like demonstration thing and like for people. So yeah you know but that's about the only ones I've ever been to I think.
3: <laughs> yeah they're crazy. Conventions are they're wonderful and crazy and um I always want to buy dice. I'm I don't I don't have a huge collection of dice, but I have a bigger collection of dice than I need as as all good dice gremlins do, you know um, but I always end up going to these conventions and then I you know if, if there's a lull in the line I I always say to my handler I'm just gonna go for a little wander and sometimes they they come with me and sometimes they don't. Um, and I'm I, if I see walls of dice, I'm there. I'm like it's like it's like reverse kryptonite. You know? It pulls me in, these little
2: polyhedrons. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Mine is right here. Uh, there you I go. play yeah. I play a lot of D&D. I play a lot. So they're always right here next to me. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh man, I I love D and D. It's it's um I
2: I don't know how well I play it, but I love playing it. There's no there's no how well to play it. It's how you play it. Like honestly. Like it's you know, there's sure there's like etiquette and stuff but like that's that's the point of d d like it's a it's for you to like kind of like get into and immerse yourself into another world which is you know man funny we're talking about video games a lot it's kind of the same thing but like yeah. and just play how you play and how like what how playing makes you feel good to like play because it's there for your enjoyment it's a game you know yeah yeah like, absolutely so I uh, I, mean, I, I I'm I, real passionate about d and d I love it so much, <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know, I just saw today they're
3: bringing out um fiftieth anniversary editions of the player's handbook and and some other things and some special stuff, you know, the art of d and d and uh you <laughs> know where it all started kind of stuff book. Um, and I've just literally because i'm starting I'm starting playing with um with an actual play group that we're going to stream uh, called natural six. And so I bought, I I mean, I bought myself a player's handbook years ago, but I recently thought maybe I should get the dungeon master's guide just because I, you know, I want to read up. I want to know the rules better and stuff like that. And then I saw that they're going to bring out the 50th anniversary editions of, of, you know, the the core rule books and everything. And I was like, Oh damn, now I have to wait, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And probably pay, you know, three times what you would normally pay for a Dungeon Master's Guide just because it's going to be the the 50th anniversary edition, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, but, you know, that's what you got to do on that one, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of crazy,
3: though, to think that D&D is going to be 50. I mean, 74, is that when it came out then? Jeez. that's guess. that's right yeah 2024 so 74 must be when it officially came out i used to have i don't i can't remember where i got it i had the the, the original basic dungeons and dragons set mm. uh, the one in the box with the, the the red dragon and the little dude on a horse or something like that i think it was uh that art artwork and i had the original monster manual and dungeon master's guide and player's handbook and all that stuff you know this is when i was 10 or something Mm. like that i was born in seventy, so it came it it, it came out when i was four years old but somehow i got my hands on the little uh over here it's called a5 size i don't know what it's called in the states but it's the not the full sheet of paper size okay uh, the smaller pamphlet size uh brown cover uh dungeons and dragons like like the original um, Gary Gygax and his buddy whose name I can't remember um, right now uh, and that was the original Dungeons and Dragons thing well maybe not like the original they probably like stapled some paper together or something like that for their original but you know, the one that first came out was this little booklet and uh, somehow I got my hands on that and because I was a silly kid I didn't keep it I wish oh. I had. I don't know what I did with it. I have no idea. I didn't throw it away. But I go through bouts of like
2: clearing out, you know,
3: things stuff has to go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I uh I, I never like I I think there was a like a moment in time where I when I was younger where I got into like the Pokemon card thing or whatever. Definitely didn't keep any of those, and I was like, "Well, maybe I should have," considering that craze that happened like during COVID or whatever. So, it was yeah. Cool. yeah, things we wish I, we kept on held on to.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's so many games that I've I've purchased in the past, and then, like I said, you know, you go through a phase where you're like, "I got to clear some stuff out" because I got no room for anything. I'm sleeping with my games, you know. <laughs> it's like, nowhere to put them except the bed. Um That's fair. And uh, yeah, things like Magic: The Gathering. I used to play that. Oh. Um, and uh, it was it, my my wife and I. We just decided to play one day. We were we were bored. We were traveling actually. We were driving across the U.S. And um, we didn't have any anything that we were currently enjoying. And I'd heard about this thing called Magic: The Gathering. So we stopped at a town and found some place that sold it, and we bought a couple decks so that we could play and some little little, you know, gemstones for counters and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to play it. We played Magic the Gathering for a couple months, I guess. And then it just kind of, it went in a box somewhere and it never quite made it back out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like that. My uncle was a big Magic the Gathering guy when he was younger. I remember I was, Mm -hmm. I think it was six when he taught me how to play. (laughs) Because he wanted to play and I was like, I just, I just liked to hang out with him a lot. So like brought out his whole thing and like taught me how to play. I lost a lot. (laughs) At the beginning, I lost a lot.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I did that with chess. My, my older brother, cousin person. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting story for another time. But um, my older brother, he taught me how to play chess. And I'm trying to remember how much older than me he is. I think it's like six years and yeah, he taught me how to play chess and I just lost all the time uh, because he was really good at it. He's got a very, very logical mind and, you know, he's got the kind of mind that works really well with chess mm-hmm. and um, he just beat the pants off me all the time. But I, I learned, I sure learned.
2: <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Let's... And I
3: still love chess. I loved it. I, I, I mean, I love playing with him, but I also just love... um you know, I love games, but I think that was part of my early love of games, board games and things like that. I was never really into, you know, shoots and ladders or I played Sorry. Do you remember the board game Sorry? Um, absolutely. Yes. I got that for Christmas one year. I can't even remember how old I was. I can't. I, I must have been like seven or eight or something like that. I used to play Sorry with my, my, uh, my parents and brothers and sisters.
2: Dominoes with my grandpa a lot. That was my grandpa's game, was Domino's. Dominoes is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, played, I uh
0: I was a Scrabble, I was a Scrabble guy.
2: Okay. Scrabble.
3: Scrabble. Yeah, yeah
0: it's classic. Some
3: of those, you know, th- those are classic games. They're so mm-hmm. good.
2: Yeah. And, and like me and my whenever we would spend time together, which was a lot because he like for a good chunk, like he would he lived nearby uh me and my mom, you know. Um so I spent a lot of time. We'd like we'd sit down, and we'd play like rounds of dominoes like just rounds and i always lost but though i remember the one day i beat him i won and it was like it was one of the most glorious days of my life because it was like i beat my grandpa at dominoes because my mom hadn't even done it my uncle hadn't even done it like i was i would i had achieved something and he never let me win i know that for sure because it was like this was like probably eight years nine years of just losing 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 <laughs> so you
3: know are you sure it wasn't like a a little a little love pad from grandpa you know you know he's just secretly going i'll make it look like he did it but secretly i'll know that i actually let him have the winning move because because he needs a boost
2: i i don't think like i mean it's possible it's entirely possible we never know like you know we. Parents, grandparents do stuff like that sometimes, yeah. and like we're young, we don't get it. But like knowing how my grandpa is when it comes to games and how much he likes winning, and like he'll get like angry when he starts losing stuff. It is like I feel like I I feel like I actually did something. Sounds <laughs> to me
3: like you legitimately won that game.
2: I never won again since I've only ever beat him once. <laughs> I've lost every other time I've played with them (laughs) still. So maybe,
3: maybe that was just a day that grandpa was off his meds a bit, you know?
2: (laughs) Probably. Honestly, I was feeling a bit loopy. (laughs) I don't know what it was, but I'll take it.
3: I'm sure, Toasty, I'm sure that you play a mean round of dominoes.
2: Yeah, it's been a while. But like, definitely. I'm, unfortunately, I am my, I, I played games with my grandfather growing up. So, I'm really serious about them. And sometimes that's not the best thing. I'm relentless. (laughs) So,
3: I totally get that. Yeah. I used to be a bit like that, actually. I used to, you know, be, I didn't like it when I started losing. And I didn't, I didn't particularly like losing. Nobody does. Nobody particularly likes losing for sure. But um, I've grown to enjoy just, just the game itself, just the playing of the game. And the company, you know, that it brings. That's that's where games are really important.
2: Yeah, I think I'm starting to get into that like kind of mindset. You know, it's been a, I play with my wife sometimes. You know, different games and stuff we find. Like, because we'll go to like you know Barnes and Noble or something and get like like some like weird thing. Like one of the ones we've been doing a lot recently is I don't know if you're familiar with the Villainous uh, card game. It's like I've heard about it. I haven't played it. yeah so you have like little decks um, and like a board and like a figure or whatever and you like you're playing as like a Disney villain and like you're both doing it and it's like a card game against each other and like right. certain parts on the board that you're on like have different like you know like ab- abilities that you can do. So you land on one space and it's like you get like three power tokens you can discard a card, play a card. And you know something else, and like each spot on the board there's four typically have different actions you can take, and you can't stay on the same space on a turn, so you have to kind of strategize with it, and sometimes you have to unlock certain places and stuff, and so it's okay. like a very like interesting fun little like game um and it's like all like all of the cards are very much like the from the perspective of you know the the Disney villain you're playing and you're trying to win like yeah like, you win by doing the thing that, like, they intended to do, you know, in whatever film they were in. You know? Yeah. So, it's it's interesting. It's real interesting. Ah. It's so kind of like...
3: You're still trying to make that code out of Dalmatian puppies.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think I've... I think I've played it as her... No, actually, I haven't played as her. My wife played as her one time. Because there, there is a Cruella. Uh, I like... Uh my particular favorite is uh Dr. Facilier. He's my he's my favorite deck to run.
3: Oh, who's that?
2: It's um Princess and the Frog, the the more the newer one. Oh god, I've yeah. forgotten about that. Yep. So it's 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 fun. It's a cool little game. Yeah. Oh. Games, man. <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yes.
3: Very
1: well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then.
0: Welcome, Witchers, to the mid-break of this special episode of the Witcher Lorecast. And um, if you want to support us, there's a few other options. There's a few options. I'm so, like, dazzled right now, it's hard to talk. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, we we this for just this is a post episode recording of the midrake because uh, we just got done talking to Doug fucking Cockle, so I'm just so.
0: Uh, it's great. So uh, you can support us on patreon.com uh, slash to where you can become a patron, uh, get ad-free episodes, join us on uh, the end-of-the-month episodes of Topic of Your Choosing, just like last month where we talked about uh, who we were thankful for in the Witcher universe. And uh, a big shout-out to our higher vampire, Jared M., who gets a shout-out every week uh, for being a higher vampire on our Patreon. You can also support us a few other ways on Apple and Spotify. you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, leave some words, uh, we'll read that out loud next time on the show, as well as a Spotify comment, which we actually do have one this week from our last week's episode from h mongoose what about shawnee question mark was hoping the redhead fans would he said that lol however awesome show as always been with you guys since the beginning keep up the awesome work
2: hey you know it it's fun you know this is not you wouldn't have heard this yet but we we can say doug cockle is thankful for shawnee
0: oh absolutely And, uh, yeah, and you can also find us on a few different Discord servers, the Robots Radio Discord at RobotsRadio.net, as well as my own Discord server, the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord, and you can find me on that with my other shows that I host, which are the Holocron Histories, the Final Fantasy Lorecast, and the Wizarding World Lorecast, as well as Toasty's other shows. Uh, Right, this is a mid-break. We don't normally yeah. shout this out, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's Cyberpunk Lorecast as well as Cyberpunk, uh, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D. Uh do what the phone thing for an almighty crit gang.
0: Yeah, so you can find us there on those discords with our other shows. And yeah, let's get back more into this awesome, dazzling interview that we had. You smell of death and destiny, heroics
1: and heartbreak. It's onion.
3: Right, yeah. <laughs> hmm.
2: So it sounds like, actually, um, I guess the first thing um, when you were, because. It was, it was a while back. You said, what, like, your audition was 2004, right? Um, yeah, 2004. Where did, where did you think this was, like, going to go? Like, did you think that they were going to get as crazy as they are now? No.
3: Like with your games? No. No, because when I... You know, the thing with auditions is... You know, unless something's already big, you know, like if I if I go into an audition knowing I'm auditioning for Final Fantasy Twenty Thousand or whatever,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, uh, then I then I know it's a big franchise. I know it's a big thing. Um But you know, we more often than not, I'm going into something that's new that doesn't have a following, or or that is small and developing. And The Witcher was exactly that. It was a small developer doing their first game um i loved the world of the witcher i thought this is amazing this is this is so like tolkien but not and i loved it for that uh and i and i was also i was teaching full-time i'm an acting teacher as well uh and i don't do it full-time anymore but between i mean literally i got the I got a full-time teaching job because I needed some financial stability for my family. And you know, although the acting was paying okay, it was I was doing all right. It wasn't it wasn't great and it had me away from home a lot. So my wife and I both kind of went, "Okay, it's time to think about, you know, something a bit more stable." So I applied for teaching jobs all over the world and I got this job in Bournemouth. And I had just started teaching, really. I was, uh, I think it might've been first semester of my first year of teaching full-time on an acting course, a a BA honors degree. Uh, Yeah, university is a little bit different over here. College is a little bit different. Um, When uh, when you, for those watching, when you go to college in the States, you declare a major, but then you have to take all these electives. And so I did this, you know, that's what you do in the States. Um, unless you do like a fine art degree, uh, a bachelor of fine art degree, and then it's a little bit more specialized. But you still have to take a certain amount of maths and science and English and, and stuff like that. In the UK, basically you study your major and that's it. Yeah, you go you go to college. College is different over here. College is like the second two years of high school over here. Um, so you go to university over here, and you 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 go to do a degree in acting or physics or English or psychology or whatever it is. And that's what you do for three years. Mm-hmm. You don't do any, you don't have to do any prerequisites. You don't have to do any, um, well, you do have to do pre- prerequisites, but they're, you know, year-based. You have to do year one in order to do year two and all that stuff. Right. But yeah, it's, it's much more intensive, uh, uh, subject intensive. I can't remember why I brought that up. Oh, because I was teaching over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was teaching full-time and then, uh, I had the audition for The Witcher in that first semester that I was teaching and, you know, trying, trying to get my feet under that table in academia. And, uh, and then we, we recorded it in the spring of that first year. So it was kind of, you know, it it was two worlds colliding. It was, and, and The Witcher was, it was just another game. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, every game is beautiful and wonderful, and I love them all. Uh, But, you know, I wasn't going in to record something that was already special. It was something that was brand new, had no following. You know, nobody even knew that the game was going to be made. Mm -hmm. So we just made it. And then it gradually became what we now know of
2: today as The Witcher. Yeah, I mean, I think in like... You know the first is love the first two games, but like you know, with The Witcher three, is kind of like, like it. I mean, it's it's arguably like you know a lot of people consider it like one of the best games of all time. Like it's it's Mm. it's just way it's just so good and so like like strong like narrative like storytelling game. Uh, Mm. You know, so it's I guess that's kind of like it it did gradually build into this like huge thing, you know. Yeah,
3: so. and I think it's it's one of those games that um for all kinds of reasons, it changed the it changed the gaming landscape. Mhm. Um like I said for all kinds of reasons. I mean, you could we could talk about you know the red engine that CD Projekt built to run The Witcher Three, and I think they they used it to run Witcher Two as well. But they they streamlined it, modified it for Witcher Three, um, so it was running on an a, an engine built in house by CD Projekt, um, which most developers hadn't really done at that time. You know it was mm-hmm. they, you know they used proprietary or not proprietary. That that's not the right. Red is a proprietary engine. They but use
0: like Unreal and um, yeah, yeah. They others. use other
3: things that are built specifically to do it. And and CD Projekt went, you know what? We want this game to be really special, so we're going to build our own engine to do it. Mm-hmm. And they did. And that's just one example of of perhaps why The Witcher Three is the iconic game that it is because so much heart and soul went into it, and. Um, I know how hard the developers worked on it. You know, I mean, CD Projekt... You know, the the gaming... Game development has always been a fast and furious, crazy world um, in so many ways. Uh, But, you know, I did see the CD Projekt people sleeping under their desks. Not, I didn't literally see them sleeping under their desks, but I knew that they were doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that, you know, people were spending long long hours getting getting witcher together and i you know i don't want to give too much away or 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 say anything untruthful either um but you know they worked hard on that thing so and i witnessed a lot of that hard work
2: that's cool so there's now there i guess we're gonna start seeing them a hard at work again. So uh, oh, yeah. moving half the development yeah. team onto Witcher Four.
3: Yeah, <laughs> they're already doing that. Yeah. And uh I'm excited to see what happens there. I I honestly know nothing. I know as much as you do about Witcher Four and the Witcher One remake as well. I'm excited for both of those things. I think it's gonna oh, be awesome.
2: Have you I guess uh and you know, obviously this may be like a no comment, like um, but I'm curious for like the witcher one remake like uh have you like had to like re-record lines or like maybe added stuff to it or anything like that i haven't done anything so far not that i could tell you if i had but Mm -hmm. i haven't
3: um so who knows Mm -hmm. who knows yeah they do they know (laughs) they They ain't talking Yeah. <laughs> so far. Yeah, so far. They'll tell us when they're ready.
0: Oh yeah. So, um, speaking of the games, like have you played the games and like what what your school do you actually prefer like combat-wise?
2: Uh, it can be philosophical too. You for yeah, the reasons of the that. school. It can be whatever reason. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: well, you
3: know, the thing is one of the uh I'm growing in a beard and it's a little bit itchy. Uh. Um, The thing with the witcher is I actually, uh, I do feel a little bit like somewhere out there in the universe, there was somebody watching and saying, you know what? Doug needs to hook up with this thing. Um, When I was a kid, I absolutely fell in love with wolves just head over heels in love I read everything I could find this is pre-internet days Mm -hmm. so you know it was going to the library finding anything I could find about wolves there was a fantastic book I can't remember the author's name called of wolves and men and it was all about wolves and the history of wolves and how they've interacted with humanity and you know the the you know the you know the how they've been vilified throughout the years and you know the you know biology and social interaction and you know all all about wolves and people and how they interact and it was a you know my favorite book for many many years anyways the point being that when i was cast in this role as this guy named gerald of rivia who's called the white wolf and he's from the wolf school of witcheriness you know i was just like oh my god this is like this was made for me Mm -hmm. you know and i when i was 21 because in the states is i don't know if it's still this way is it no it's 18 when when can you get a tattoo in the states 18 it's 18 isn't Mm it so i think i i think i was 21. i think it might have been 21 in virginia when i was living there anyways I decided to go get a tattoo. And I've got a tattoo here on my shoulder, on my arm. And it's of a wolf howling at the moon. Oh, and uh, Incredible. Yeah, so the, the, this theme of of the wolf has been part of my life since I was like 10 years old. So when The Witcher came along, it was just like, well, of course I'm playing Geralt of Rivia the White Wolf. Of course I am. Because, because it's a wolf thing. You know, it's got to be.
2: Absolutely. That's awesome.
3: So, um, yeah, to go back to your question, School of the Wolf, I think, would be mine. Though, I have to say, quite tempted by School of the Bear as well. I, I kind of like the the big, burly, uh, throw your weight behind it kind of school. That's okay. kind of fun.
2: Okay. That's cool. I don't think I've... Hmm. I'm trying to think of this like, I've ever interacted with someone who, like, Said they preferred like, like the like obviously it's the second, but like the bear, that's that's like a rare choice. I feel like. Do you why? It's just, I just, just people that interact. I've never I never like I think the wolf one. I mean obviously takes the cake, you know, because it's it's Geralt. It's a Geralt. Like, all of the Witchers we come to know and love are from the School of the Wolf, you know. So it really does, and with it being like the spotlight of the Witcher schools, but like you know the. The real like, popular one in game, I feel like we, you know, the griffin and um, the cat as far as like the one people pick a lot for like the armor set and the, the swords and, you know, the kind of like builds around yeah. these things and whatnot. So, you know, and a lot of I don't think bear is done as often in until people are doing like their like death march run, you know, on, on <laughs> The Witcher Three, because it's yeah. it's how you stay alive, you know.
3: Yeah, well, you know, there's there's School of the Viper as well, and that you know that seems
2: kind of cool. Um, I like the yeah, idea of the gonna... dual wielding blades. Like that's what I, I like think... the Viper about. Like the Viper Fang technique is cool.
3: Yeah, I you know I to be quite honest, I don't know much about the you know the intricacies of the different techniques and you know how how they differ and how they're similar and all that stuff.
2: Um, I just like the animals. <laughs> I like, yeah, I, my thing within, I don't get as into like the, the, you know, the fighting styles and stuff like that. I like think more of like certain like things or whatever, like, you know, the Griffin school, I have a real appreciation for the Griffin school just because like, it's also like the, the school that like our Talsorian has fleshed out mm. like so much of because they've like worked together to like and so whenever they did the witcher ttrpg they they really like dove into it and fleshed it out and made it like really alive yeah but like i like Do you
3: know what's that? i don't i don't know how much mike pondsmith was involved in this but i i met cody pondsmith we've interviewed and, um, cody pondsmith on here before did you, did you talk to him ah. about
2: the griffin school specifically
3: ah good 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 for you he's cool i love cody he's great he's real cool. i've never met mike i'd like to meet mike because I'm as far as I'm concerned, Mike is a legend. But um, Cody, I, I met. See, my uh, I have family in the Seattle-Tacoma area of Washington State. That's kind of where my home is in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, though I grew up in a military family, so I, I lived all over. I was born in Southern California. I went to high school in Virginia. Spent time in Oklahoma. You know, um, kind of for yeah. I went to grad school in Pennsylvania. You know, so. I was bounced around a lot, but um, anyways, I, I was going home to Seattle to visit my my family and my you know my parents and my sister and um, people who were there, and I can't remember how it all came about, but I you know I knew about the Witcher RPG. It had just come out, or or was just coming out. I think it had just come out, and I heard that our Talsorian games were in Seattle, and I was like. Well, hell, I'm gonna reach out to those guys, cause why not? And so I did. I think it might have been on Twitter or something like that. I just I tagged them in something and said, "Hey guys, I'm gonna be there." And Cody got in touch, and so I, I went to their their headquarters, their base. It makes them sound like superheroes or something. They are. Um, they are. Yeah, <laughs> they are. <laughs> I went to their secret headquarters um, in Redmond, I think it was, and. Uh, and I met Cody and I met his mom. And uh, and I met this other guy whose name I can't remember at the moment. And uh, we had a fantastic afternoon. They were showing me some of the games that they were developing and stuff. And we talked about the Witcher and Cody was freaking like 16 years old when he wrote the Witcher TTRPG. He was yeah. 16, he was a, a kid, he was still in high school. He flew to Warsaw to pitch to CD Projekt. So he wrote it. He just wrote it all and then said, hey, guys, I'm coming over. And he went <laughs> and he yeah. pitched to them and they went, yeah, <laughs> this looks great.
2: That's that's so awesome. That sounds yeah, cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I was so impressed with him. He was just like, you know, his knowledge is just incredible.
2: Yeah, I was... So I do obviously this show but I also do the Cyberpunk Lorecast on uh, on the robots right so like we and I've never I want to I want to I do want to meet Mike uh one day cuz we haven't done that before but we, you know we talk to like Jay Grey a lot um yeah, and yeah, yeah, on the show talking about like the tabletop and stuff so
0: you yeah, know that cool.
2: it's I we we pay pretty close attention to the tabletops cuz you know they just good stuff uh you know for multiple reasons i like gaming and it's just they're all so cool it's so cool to talk to any of them because they're just all so passionate about it like they just like they get so into it like i i feel bad about my interview with cody because i didn't ask him a lot of questions because he just started talking i just sat there like mesmerized like just how much he's like said and how like into it and whatnot and i was just kind of like and like i remember tom was like hey you got any other questions i was like Huh? Like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I I'm just kind of like in in awe here. Like this is crazy. So
3: yeah, now he's a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him. No, I have seen him. He he DM'd uh, a Witcher TTRPG uh, charity stream that I did with um, a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the Opera Geek. Th- these are Twitter names. The Opera Geek and Wandering mm-hmm. DM um people like that and uh he was really good he was a really good dm actually but we played yeah we played the witcher one of the things i love about the witcher um ttrpg is is the um what the 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 very basic dice mechanics it's Mm -hmm. all
2: 10-sided dice and i was just like this is so easy yeah you know <laughs> it's like what is it d10s and d6s for their games or whatever yeah so. just
3: mostly d10s and then the mm-hmm. odd odd need for a d6 yeah yeah so
2: it's it is a lot easier to track although i know the like the witcher one gets like so much in like more into it with like because i know you can do like it was like the double criticals like failures or successes like, if you keep exploding your dice or whatever then it gets it could get really really bad or really really good I, was, uh-huh. <laughs> I remember, they I, I listened to one. Um, I think they used to be on the network. The the role to cast people, but they did The Witcher t- tabletop as like one of their live plays, and they had a Witcher in the party, and the Witcher died against the first monster they came across because they like rolled like a one and then another one, so they got like a deadly critical fail. On defending against an attack and the catacan just decapitated her like, it was just instantly died and it was like oh this is bad <laughs> so it was, but, it was but that is
3: the world of the witcher isn't it it is it Absolutely. really is
2: <laughs> so it's okay so you'd say but for school you got the wolf and then second for the bear that's awesome you got Ben, what was your? I didn't. What is yours, Ben? I don't actually know yours.
0: Uh, I am.
2: If I can get my okay. Oh, he's got something. He's got a prop.
0: I have my. Own, I mean, I have my wolf medallion.
2: Yeah. Lovely.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I cosplay nice. as my own original Witcher when I go to uh, my local Renaissance fair. So I have like the mm-hmm. two swords on my back and everything. I actually bought uh, steel blades for the first time. Uh, the last wow. time I went down. That's awesome. And they let
3: they let you take those into the Ren Fair.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We can take them in. Oh, uh, cool. You have to have them piece tied, so you can't like draw them. But yeah, yeah you can right. you can have uh, steel blades and everything. Wow, yeah. cool.
2: If I go dressed up to Ren Fair, I'm I'm wearing a real sword. That's just my that's my thing. I got a oh, few yeah. of them. So, yeah.
3: oh man, I love Ren Fairs. I haven't been to a Ren Fair since I was like 14. I'd mm. love to go to one. I was looking just recently. I was looking to see if there were any rent fairs over here. They they're not quite the same over here. Um US rent fairs are a little bit more uh involved than oh, really? they okay. sometimes are over here. At least in my experience. They don't well, they don't do rent fairs. They do other things over here. But uh yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have to get myself to a a rent fair equivalent over here in the UK sometime soon. Next summer yeah. maybe.
2: It really shock people. You could go and you could do. A, you could go in as Geralt and then just like people oh, would never no. know that it's like this is this is the Geralt.
0: Well, <laughs> only if the Witcher School was still active. <laughs> oh dang it! Open Poland, yeah. they had the, the the live role play uh, Witcher School. You You'd could just, like learn how to fight you, and stuff. Yeah, you did like actual scenes like they drew up. You had a character sheet. You stayed in an actual castle for a weekend. It was really cool. But yeah. due to COVID, they had to shut down because costs.
2: Yeah. So, I yeah. think there was, didn't we talk about that like, like brief, like shortly before it closed, we were talking mm-hmm. about like,
0: it's like, oh, we're making a trip like, and do all Yeah. This. Getting a trip together to go over there to like participate. And I think like probably like a month later, uh, it's like, Oh, we announced the shutdown due to COVID. And it's like, Oh,
2: missed opportunities. Yeah. But it would have been It, been it looked
3: pretty cool. There was a similar thing. Um, I can't remember what it was called but it was like a renaissance fair but entirely about the, the Witcher world and um, they invited me to come over to, to be part of it and for, it couldn't happen for, one, for some reason one year and then the next year COVID hit and mm-hmm. I was all lined up to go and then COVID hit and they had to shut it all down and I was like, ah,
2: this sucks
3: because it looked really cool they had a whole live action role playing game that was going all weekend. Ooh. Um, you know, so people cosplayed as their characters and everything. And they, you know, and they, they, they LARPed the whole weekend. Um, but that was just one of the things, you know, they had bands and they had, they had witchery food and they had all kinds of really cool stuff. It
2: looked really fun. That sounds, that sounds sick. Where they want, where did they want you to go is like, it just like they wanted me to go
3: and yeah make an appearance as as the voice of gerald from the games and stuff this Mm -hmm. is before before the netflix series came out i originally it was before the netflix series came out but it was being made and then the second one i think the the netflix series came out in is it was it 2019 the first series came out
0: uh, 2020. I just want to say 2020.
3: I
2: want yeah. to say it was 2020. It was when the or first it was like dropped. real. It was so at the tail end of 2019 that it basically counted for. I can't. I don't because I it think was,
3: it was tail end seven. of 2019 because yeah, I, I think don't think so. remember wearing any masks or anything to the first one. Okay,
2: um, and probably then. The first, just to imagine doing a live action role playing game, like for like a Witcher live action role playing, and then just like, it's like oh yeah, Geralt of Rivia shows up. No, like,
3: actually no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fun. that it's funny cool. though i I had a um uh, there, I, I did a post I think it was the most I think it was season three because Netflix keeps really lovely. They keep inviting me to the to the uh, season premieres of the Netflix uh, series. and That's I took cool. a photo at one of them of me with the with the screen behind me and you know, on the Netflix Witcher's emblem and everything. and it just me, you know, being there. And uh, you know, all these people and when I put it up on social media, all these people replied saying, Oh, the one and only witcher, you know, the the OG Witcher, the the voice of the Witcher, blah, all this stuff, which is always nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when Henry Cavill's running around looking and sounding like the Witcher, you know. It's like you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's n- nice sometimes for people to say, Doug, you did a great job. Um because he does a fantastic job. You know, he's such a he's so great as Gerald uh but anyways just just the other day some somebody from Poland i think he's i think he's youngish i think he's uh you know early 20s maybe that was the impression i got but i i don't know um and he responded to one of the comments that basically said oh you're the og witcher and and he said well, no he isn't you know the 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 witcher was written by a polish author, author in Poland there is a Polish TV show. It was made by a Polish developer, and the only Witcher is, um, um, Jacek. Ro- I, I can't say his name correctly, but Jacek oh, yeah. Rosenek. And um and and I was like, okay, fair enough, dude. We you know whatever is that the, is that the you know, hexer? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> you talking the... about the hexer? Oh mm, no, yeah. <laughs> Is, is Jacek the the guy who played the the um, Geralt in the original TV series, the Polish TV series, or is he the guy who does Geralt's voice in the games? Because they're different. the The guy who did the guy who played Geralt in the TV the Polish TV series is not the same guy who does the Polish uh, voice of Geralt for the games. I think I think Jacek is the guy who does the voice in the games.
2: Maybe. Be... I think I'm not, not
3: 100% as, sure, but...
2: Yeah, I'm not as, as fully familiar. But anyways, yeah,
3: this this guy... Yeah, I think it's the I, one I, of the games. I wrote uh, back to him and I just said, look, dude, you know, that's cool. That is totally cool. Um, you know, you are you are Polish and you are proud and that is awesome. So, you know, if he's your Witcher, then he's your Witcher. Go for it. I'd, You know, it's not mine. You know, it's it's the fans. It's it you know, and every individual fan has to have their their truth, their witcher. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: That's I'm
3: just that's glad true. I'm I'm some people's witcher. <laughs> You're my witcher.
0: You're yeah, definitely mine.
3: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: Um But you know it's fascinating because there are you know, there are German Geralt, there's the Japanese Geralt. Um, there's Spanish, I think, Geralt, Uh, um, I don't know if there's French or not, but you know, there, there's like eight different, uh, Geralt's out there. If you take all the, all the actors who voiced Geralt in all the different languages and stuff. So
2: I need to check out, I need to see if I can like find clips of like the, the Japanese one. I want to see what Geralt sounds like in that. I feel like he sounds like, like super like badass Ronin, like kind of, you know, he does. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, that'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome.
3: Um, But guys, just real quick, I've got about uh, 15 minutes, and then I got to head off.
2: Um, Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. We only have a couple more questions left. And let's be honest, you probably can't talk about the sixth one, but we got to ask anyways.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, how did you get involved with Netflix to come back to voice Geralt for the upcoming Sirens of the Deep? Because we we just got that news, mm. like what a month ago. Yeah, it was and about it a month just ago. like it blew everyone ago. away because none of us expected one to be a new animated film to come out, and let alone we have you reprising the role of Geralt in a Netflix mm. series.
2: Yeah. I, we were, I was I was giddy. I was jumping on my seat. I was so
3: excited. <laughs> yeah, well, I, so was I. To be quite honest, I I was thrilled because I I I fully expected. Because it's Netflix, and you know they have the Netflix TV series. I fully expected Henry to voice it, um, so I, I don't know why they asked me, but they did. And I was, you know, when I when I got the email from my agent saying, you know, hey, I've just had a you know a call from Netflix, and they really want you to do the voice of Geralt in the in the Witcher anime series that they're doing. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> so, love so, to see. The I don't, I don't really care why I, you know, hopefully they just wanted me to do it. But, and that's, that's, that's what I'm going to believe, but For sure. Uh, sure. I'm just thrilled to be part of it. You know, it's so I, cause I love Geralt. I love him. Um, and he's such a part of me and he's, you know, being, voicing Geralt in the, in the video games has given me so much, mm-hmm. um, in my life. You know, not not just the the joy of doing it, but also this this global community that I'm part of, uh, that is just so wonderful. Uh, you know, to be asked to do the anime was like a it was just it was a lovely little pat on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I'm excited to see what it yeah. what it looks like. I love the trailers. The
2: trailers yeah. are great. The trailers are great. I I'm really it like it's super exciting to me because like I said like you're my gear like I. Love Henry, for sure. Like, he it did wonderful or whatever. But, like, yeah, I started with the games. Like, so, like, to me, you are always, in my mind, like, Geralt. Your voice is Geralt's voice. And so, like, to hear that in this one, Sirens of the Deep is based off of the short story A Little Sacrifice, mm. which is my favorite short story out of the first two books. So, yeah. it's just, it's really, like, it's really beautiful to, like, be getting all this and like have all of these pieces like fitting together on this for like, what might be like, you know, just a whole different like movie for me, you know, like yeah. so, this is exciting.
3: Yeah, it, 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 I think it's going to be a good one. And I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I don't know if they're going to put it out as a as a one all well, what you know one off movie. I think it's or if movie? they're going
2: to break so. it
3: up into like twenty minute episodes or something like that. Who knows.
2: Hmm. Yeah. But do what they do. We gotta we gotta end this off with a little bit of controversy, but a little bit of fun at the same time. Are you team Unifer or Team Triss? Oh what if I said I'm Team Shawnee? <laughs> that's a perfectly acceptable <laughs> answer. <coughs> if, um, are you are you Team Shawnee?
3: Uh, I, to be quite honest, I certainly could be. She's awesome.
2: She's incredible. Shawnee is
3: an awesome character. She doesn't get quite enough time, um, you know, in, 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 it, in the books or the games. I think she's really cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but it, yeah, Yennefer or Triss. So uh, I, I'm pretty constant in this. I haven't changed my mind about it at any point. I'm always Team Triss. Um, <laughs> Killed Toasty, you did. Oh my
0: god! I'm I'm always Team Trish as well, so let, like, that, yeah. that's a win for me. <laughs> Sorry,
3: Toasty.
2: I, I I love them both. Uh,
3: I love never them meet both. your
0: idols, I guess, folks. No, <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs>
2: Sorry. No, I've
3: um, uh, I've always had a bit of a thing for uh, the ladies with red hair. I don't know. I just I, I've always loved red hair. Um, I was when I was a teenager, Molly Ringwald was like my imaginary girlfriend. Mm. Do you know Molly Ringwald? Yeah. How old you guys are? So
2: I don't know. You know, the Breakfast Club. I'm 26, and... but I'm familiar with the Breakfast Club. Yeah,
3: I'm yeah. 29, so, so. so there, yeah. So you guys have seen it. Um, so the Breakfast Club and uh, Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles. Those were like, you know. I, I loved those films growing up. John Hughes, he's a genius, absolute genius filmmaker, and um, I loved Molly Ringwald. And I think possibly it was a carryover from that, just being enamored of Molly Ringwald. But um, I've also just, I've just always found red hair to be really, I just think it's pretty. That's right. But you know, so anyway, so that's part of the reason for the Trist choice, but a very small and very shallow part of it, really. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Yen. I think Yen is amazing. And if you read the books, then... Uh, I mean, if we're talking about, about the books, I'm team Yen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Yen and Triss in the books is different from Yen and Triss in the games. Yeah.
0: Um, Absolutely.
3: And I just... I In the games, I gravitate towards Triss's energy more than I do to Yen's energy.
2: Yeah. And I guess, like... I mean, that also, like, you're... For you, you were playing in like the realm of like predominantly Triss for the whole part too. Like you had a lot more time with Triss mm-hmm. because yeah, spent a lot third, of time with Triss too. And Jennifer only shows up in the third one, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's understandable. Yeah, and she's a Alex huge part of it and everything. So yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, in 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 the world of choices, if it was a random choice, you'd be you know golden with either of those amazing women. So <laughs> but give it a yeah. choice.
2: Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask. Yeah, well. It was is important to ask this. This was I will say this was this is a question that was uh thrown at me by like my co-host of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. Uh uh she goes by Yenesis of Toussaint for, for her witcher <laughs> identity. So, but yeah, so, but yeah, I, I surprised I didn't think about it before and it was like, oh, you know what? We got to ask. So yeah.
3: Yeah. It's one of those questions. Got to ask it.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I know we're getting, we're getting here to the end. So, um, we, we, it was great having you on. Thank you so much, uh, for taking the time to do this. No problem. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been lovely to chat with you.
3: And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll see you. Well, I suppose I should do this more formally. Good luck on the path.
0: Thank you for listening to the Witcher Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can find us on the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord, where you can share your thoughts, comments, or even experiences with the Witcher Lore. You can also find us on Twitter at WitcherLorecast.